0: Hi, this is Bill Woods up in Sun Valley, Arizona, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about something that's been bothering me. It's uh, how Christians have pretty well folded up just because we've had a pandemic and uh, we've been dictated to where we need to go, how we need to do things and stuff. And it just has been one of those things that Christians have just kind of folded and uh, refused to to come out from their hidey holes and stuff. And I wanted to read to you from uh, the Bible. I'm going to talk about Jonah Jonah hiding from his duty. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 12, in the New King James Version. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had laid down, and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God, and uh, perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. Jonah was out of step with God's will, and and, uh, when God gave him this spatial assignment, he tried to flee from God. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, which was a very wicked city, and God wanted Jonah to be a messenger of judgment against Nineveh because of their wickedness, as revealed in the second verse of of Jonah, chapter 1. Jonah didn't want to go because he knew God would forgive Nineveh if they repented. He didn't want those wicked people to have God's merciful grace. Nineveh was guilty of many of the sins America is guilty of today. God wanted to forgive them if they repented, and he will do the same thing for America today. Because Jonah didn't want God to forgive these wicked people, he fled the other way toward Tarshish, trying to outrun God. And for your information, You can't outrun or run away from God because God's everywhere and God knows exactly what you're doing. Jonah went to Joppa and boarded a ship towards Tarshish. He was 180 degrees the wrong way. He boarded the ship and bedded down in the hold of the ship and fell into a deep sleep. Jonah was oblivious to the turmoil happening on the deck above where he was sleeping. God created a great windstorm on the sea, and what a mighty tempest it was. The ship was violently tossed about on the waves like a little toy and nearly broke apart. All the seasoned veterans on the ship panicked because of the severity of this storm, while Jonah barricaded himself in the ship's hold asleep. This wasn't a novice crew. They'd weathered many storms before, but never in a storm just like this. They knew somebody was out of step with his God, and this was judgment falling upon them. They finally found out it was Jonah who was being disappointed, or disobedient, I mean, to the the true God. Jonah's rebellion against God had put these sailors in jeopardy. Now listen, don't ever think your choices and actions don't impact others around you. They do. I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, my sins doesn't bother anybody else. Well, they do. They, they impact everybody around you. There are sins of commission where we knowingly commit sin like Jonah was doing by running from God, disobeying God. There are also sins of omission when we knowingly fail to do what God expects us to do like Jonah now hiding behind, below the deck where the, when the crew needed him so desperately. You know, we are accountable for both sins, and we'll face God's judgment if we continue in either one. Jonah knew he was committing sin when he chose to run from God. He was committing the sin of omission when he hid in the ship and didn't help the crew in their time of need. Many Christians are committing the sin of omission right now during this COVID-19 pandemic. They barricaded themselves away from families, friends, and neighbors. The truth is, they're needed to help and encourage those who don't know the Lord and need to find him before Jesus comes back. But they're saying, but I'm afraid I'll catch the virus. You know, fear doesn't come from God. Christians shouldn't live in fear. In fact, 80 times in the Bible, God commands us to fear not. He knows Satan uses fear to defeat Christians. I believe God protects us when we're willing to trust him. In fact, uh, one of the things I've stood on recently is Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. We'll talk about that word in a minute. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge even the Most High your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in your, all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me therefore i will deliver him i will set him on high because he has known my name he shall call upon me and i will answer him i will be with him in trouble i will deliver him and honor him honor him with long life i will satisfy him and show him my salvation now in verse 3 and 6 it says god will deliver us from pestilence Pestilence is defined as a fatal epidemic disease. God protects Christians from such things when Christians honor him and trust him. You don't need to live in terror. Truth is, even if you do get the disease and die, you just go to heaven, that should be your primary goal in life anyway. I believe God protects his people and his people need to be out in public as a testimony to God's power. We can't glorify God and win souls to him if we're locked away living in fear. We've been shut down too long. Think how pleased Satan is to keep uh, us away from church and from fellowshipping with other Christians. And I want to warn you, time is running out. If we're, if we're reading prophetic warnings correctly, Jesus will be soon coming for his church in the rapture. There's signs of Christ coming, they're all around us. And, you know, we've seen the, the hurricanes, we've seen the fires, we've seen the earthquakes, we've seen all these things that on the physical earth that Jesus talked about. And now another thing we're seeing is the peace treaty just signed between Israel and the United Arab, Arab Emeritus that should bring the Antichrist into the picture soon. The Great Reset that I talked about last time is on the horizon. It's supposed to occur January 2021. The plan of that is to do away with cash and go to digital currency, using a chip to record our buying and selling, and records our travel, records the food we eat, everything we take for granted that we buy. And like I said, because the fact that chip's in a card right now, makes it uh, you know a little dangerous you lose your card and so it'd be easier if it was uh, embedded in your flesh and this chip will be controlled so that if a person fails to cooperate with big brother their commerce will be their their commerce their buying and selling will be cut off it sounds suspicious but remember God's in control and nothing is going to happen that God will not permit Think how pleased Satan is if he can keep us pinned in our homes, isolated from people that need God, and keep the message of salvation to ourselves. Our friends, neighbors, kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids need to know God is still on the throne and won't be subdued by the devil. Right now, it must seem to most people that Satan is more powerful than God, and Satan is in charge, and that is not so. Satan is not more powerful than God. God is so powerful that Satan can't even compare. I haven't let Satan control my actions. I want to be out where God can use me. I don't want to be locked in the isolation of my home. There are some things I can cooperate with in this program, like wearing those stupid masks and this social distancing. But I can't afford to be locked away like Jonah in the hull of the ship while the world perishes. How pleased Satan must be to see millions of Christians cowering and out of circulation while he has a heyday pushing his agenda on our world. Listen to Jesus' great commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm having a hard time finding where Jesus said, Barricade yourselves away from people and hide out until I come to rescue you. I was thinking about the story of David and Goliath. Remember, Goliath would come down and he would throw his challenge and Saul and all the army would go run and hide in their tents and probably under their beds and stuff and and quiver and be frightened to death. And finally, little David showed up on the scene and he saw Goliath. Now, this has been going on for about a month. He saw Goliath strutting around down there and he said, why doesn't somebody go down and take care of this, this man in the name of the Lord? And everybody said, well, David, we, we're, you're so frightened, we can't. And you know the story. David went down with his sling and five stones and uh, defeated Goliath in the name of God. Now, I want you to think about it. If David had hidden like the rest of the people did and not taken a stand, Goliath would have been able to tromp all over the Israelites and the history of the Bible would have been changed drastically. You know, Jesus told several parables pointing to the fact that we are to be watching for him and occupying until he comes. One such parable is in Luke chapter 19, 11 through 26. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself himself a kingdom and to return so he called ten of his servants and delivered to them ten minus and said to them do business till i come but his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying we will not have this man to reign over us and so it was that when he returned having received the kingdom he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him Uh, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, You also uh, be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief, for I feared you because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit, reaping where I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank that it At my coming, I might have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I send you that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. You know, that 13th verse says, Do business until I come. The King James Version says, Occupy until I come. This man was pretty tough on the guy who wasted his opportunities and and had nothing to show for the master's investment. Another parable tells of ten bridesmaids waiting for the groom to come so they could proceed to the wedding. Uh, And he was late. These wise bridesmaids had made preparation just in case. Five were foolish and neglected to be prepared. Christ's warning was to be watching and be ready. The foolish ones had to go and and find oil for their lamps. When they came back, the door was locked. They knocked on the door. They banged on the door. They said, let us in. We're part of the party. And the only thing they heard is depart. We don't know who you are. Now listen, I think these are warnings for people living in this day and age too. And I will tell you, don't drop out of the scene by hiding because that won't bring sinners to repentance. Use this opportunity while so many are troubled with what's happening in our world. Use it to continue to bring in the harvest. People are more apt to listen to the Christians testimony today when they look around and see what's happening. And we can share scripture with them, showing them that God is still in control jonah wanted to hide from his responsibility god dealt with him check it out you know if you continue to hide and miss god-given opportunities will god have some dealings with you one day too my prayer is that christians will become stronger and, and have faith like we're supposed to and will begin to do the things that god has asked us to do even in the face of opposition If we can't stand for Jesus Christ now, how would we expect to stand for Jesus Christ when persecution really comes? My prayer is, oh my dear God, I pray that you'll help Christians to wake up and realize exactly what's going on and realize how we've been duped by Satan and realize we need to take a stand for Jesus Christ and show once again how powerful our Lord is. Listen, I want to pray for you. Dear Jesus, we're living in pretty rough days right now, but I think it's going to get rougher. We're living in times, Father, where the world needs to see people that will stand for Jesus Christ, where our children and our grandchildren need to see the the, the faith that we have because it will encourage them too. Lord, if we spend our time in hiding, how will they know how powerful you are? And how will they know what to, how to designate the influence of the world from the power of God. Dear Jesus, please, I pray that you'll help us to man up and become the servants you want us to be. And I would pray, dear Jesus, that you'll use us for your purpose, that you've called us to be your witnesses, and we will not hide our lamps under the bushel, but Lord, will bring them out so all can see. I would pray for those who don't know you as their personal Savior today, That they will find you and find the peace that only Jesus can give that comes when we confess our sins to you ask you to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and then begin living a life fit to serve Jesus Christ thank you Lord because we do know you're in charge and thank you Lord that no matter where this pandemic goes we do have the prospects of a home with you in heaven and i would pray lord that we would capitalize on that and allow you to have first place in our lives we ask this in jesus name amen well thank you for letting me spout off to you today about what i'm seeing happen in this world thank you because i i hope that each one of you will take the challenge and say as for me in my house we're going to serve the lord we're not going to be hiding out in a cave someplace. But we're going to come out and be very, very sure that people know that we serve God Almighty. If you want to get in touch with me, my name's Bill Woods. I live in Sun Valley, Arizona. That would be box number 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. Or if you want to contact me by email, my, my email is lowercase R E V W M w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com I've had some say well you know what if we want to help support what you're doing well then I guess you would have to send a check to Bill Woods only at the bottom where it says designates what it's for put Church of the Galilean and uh, I, I will see to it that you get credit we are registered with the federal government with the IRS And uh, when you do give a donation, it does uh, uh, give you credit at the end of the year as a donation to uh, an organization that's doing what God wants them to do. God bless you. We'll talk to you later. Be praying for you. Bye-bye.